All right, how are we doing? Good. Okay. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke. We're kind of going to be vaulting off of, we covered a little bit of Luke last week, and I'm kind of just been a jumping off of that. Okay. So yeah, Luke chapter 1, we're going to be starting in verse 26. So last week we kind of talked about Zacharias, and he was a priest, and they had a practice where every so often they'd send someone to the temple to do the rituals for God, and it was kind of a big deal because like, if God showed up and you weren't like perfectly cleansed and pure and like in the right place, you would just like get like, dead. But he gets a vi- like he gets um, a message in the temple. He's like, "You're gonna have a son." And he's like, "That doesn't make sense. My wife's barren, and we're both super old. Like, I don't. This is weird. Like, I don't get it." And God's like, "No, no, you're gonna get a son, and he's gonna be pretty awesome, and he's gonna do all these great things. He's gonna have like the spirit of Elijah, and he can't drink wine. And uh, since you don't really believe right now, you can't speak until it happens." So he's Stuck, struck mute. And this is six months after that. We're going to be in verse 26. Now, in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a girl having never been married and a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So everyone kind of knows like who the virgin Mary is and Joseph and the kind of like this is the beginning of the Christmas story, and we're kind of going into Christmas, and everyone kind of knows that. At this time, Mary was probably about like 14, 15, or 16. Like, they got married younger back then, and kind of like started families like younger. Verse 28, and he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed be favored are you before all other women? But when she saw him and was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he had said and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting this might mean. So, to put this in context a little bit, I want to kind of cover what, like, what an angel is. And it's not something we really understand or we really think about that much because... We have all these ideas of like cherubim, like you know, babies with like little wings, or <laughs> but you're right, like you laugh, but when you think of like, okay, what's an angel look like? You think that's maybe one of the first things that comes here, or just like a normal guy with like big fluffy wings, or you know, like you got all these different preconceived notions of what an angel might look like or what might not look like, and it probably doesn't look anything like what is described in the Bible. Like when you hear descriptions of angels in the Bible, they have like six wings and they have wings that cover their eyes and wings that cover their feet and they have like wings to fly and they have like a lot of things and they're usually described as like, like just terrifying but like beautiful, so like terrifyingly beautiful. And some other descriptions, it says like things that they are like capable of doing, like in one verse in the Old Testament, like an angel, like makes a pass at this army, and God's like, okay, go attack this army, and kills, like, thousands of people in, like, one pass. And you're like, okay, that's not normal. Just destroying armies like nothing. 
So think about like, you know, this teenage girl. I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's doing laundry or something. I don't know. Whatever. She's like turns around and there's this angel. And it's not just any angel. It's Gabriel. It's like considered one of like the most important ones. It's like God's messenger angel. Like if he needs something done and something big's about to happen, he's like, Gabriel, go take care of this. So Gabriel's there and he's like, hey, how's it going, Mary? I kind of think like, what was her response? Just like angel there, like, okay, that's not normal. And I think like one of the coolest things about it is because it's Gabriel, because like I said, like he shows up when like big important things are about to happen. And this is like arguably the most important thing that has ever happened in like the history of the human race. So he shows up and he gives her like this, this greeting, like, like, oh, favored one, like, you're blessed beyond, like, all women. And she's like, what does that mean? Like, okay. <laughs> and she starts freaking out, understandably. So verse 30, and when the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found grace with God. And listen, you will become pregnant and will give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give you, will give to him the throne of his forefather David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages, and of his reign there will be no end. So it kind of, it's like steamrolls, like, okay, you're freaked out. Don't freak out. It's fine. It's cool. Hey, you're going to get pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) If he was trying to, like, calm her down... I don't think that it's like the follow-up, you know? Like, no, 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 don't freak out. It's fine. You're going to get pregnant, and he's going to be this great guy. Don't worry. You're, it's cool. You know, so she's freaking out, and now it's like, whoa, hold on. I'm going to get pregnant? Like, the so verse, like, 34, Mary's kind of like, hold, hold on. I'm a virgin. I'm pretty sure there's some stuff that has to happen before I get pregnant. You know, just throwing it out there. She's kind of like, what, what, hold on, like, backpedal, back up with me. I'm still, like, freaking out because you're here. I'm going to get pregnant, and he's going to be this amazing thing, and, like, the fulfillment of all these prophecies are coming to a head. And, like I said, like, this is the beginning of this amazing thing that's about to happen. And I think about... You think about like great people who've ever lived, you know, like we kind of have like a list based on like human merits. And when like a king is gonna be born in like a kingdom, like there's a huge celebration, like the first people I know are like the royal family and then like all the people who are important in the kingdom and then like the people who are really like important but like kind of just like a level down, it kind of like trickles down from there. And like, the God of the universe, like the King of Kings, the, you know, the Prince of Peace, like all of these, you know, the most important person who's ever lived is going to be born. And at this point, the only people, the only person who knows about it is this little Jewish girl in Galilee, which is, it wasn't considered to be like a great place to be from. Galilee was kind of like not great. It was kind of ghetto. Like people were like, Galilee is not like cool. Like it's, it's like, the bush, it's like you're on the, bo- you're on the boonies. It's like, Galilee, like, 
like Hana, but like more far out. And like, it doesn't make sense when you look at it like from human parallels because you think like, okay, if God was gonna come to Earth, like who would He tell? If you look at it from like a human standpoint, like who would, who would God tell? He'd probably be like, okay, well, wouldn't He want to come in and like kind of start, you know, kind of ahead? Like, oh, well, wouldn't He want to be like royalty, like right off the bat, like? From human royalty, like he picks somebody who's like a princess or, you know, the daughter of like an emperor. Like we have all these like things like, oh, well, you know, if, if a god wanted to come to earth, wouldn't they want to like come in a certain way, shape and form? And this is like immediately it subverts all of those things. And he picks, we don't even know what Mary, back then, a lot of your stand, like your status in society was based on who your parents were. We don't even know what her parents did. Not for sure. Like, we know Joseph was a carpenter, and we know Jesus learned carpentry and was a carpenter. But we don't know what her parents did. We don't know what her standing in society was. She was just a Jewish girl in Galilee. And on a world standpoint, this is kind of in the middle of the rise of the Roman Empire. Galilee was like this little backwater province. Like, they weren't even their own nation at this point. They were still, like, overruled by the Romans. And the Romans were like, okay... You guys can kind of do what you want, but you just got to pay taxes, and you're not your own country. And nobody really, like, looked at it as, like, a great place to be or be from, and you didn't have, like, a lot of status on, a, like, a world, from, like, a world point of view. And we have, I don't know, I think, for me, it draws comparisons between what we think like really matters and what God says matters. And I know we all, I, for most of you, have been churched. You guys know who Jesus is and you guys kind of know how it works, but we lose sight of it so often. And I lose sight of it. I think, oh, like I need to do this and this and I'm, I'm not like hitting these goals that I should be hitting and I should be doing this and, you know, why isn't this working out? And... I think, especially in America, we have this idea that, oh, if you are doing what God wants you to do, we, we kind of can, like, come, not compare it to, but, like, if you got a huge church building and you got lots of, like, money and you've got, like, you know, 6,000 people going to your Sunday service, like, you must be doing something right, right? That's kind of like how I've looked at it on occasion. I'm like, oh, like, like, that's pretty cool, like that's, they must be doing something right. But if you take that mindset and you put it here, it's flipped on its head because it's the opposite of that. It's not like a huge people, it's not like this great grand thing that everyone knows about, it's like this little Jewish girl who's already in a kind of rough situation because she's not married, but she's gonna get pregnant. And you look at like from Mary's perspective, like. You ever been in a situation where you're kind of excited but then kind of scared and then you kind of walk away from that situation and you're like, did that really just happen? You know, like there's this surreal kind of feeling like that didn't really just happen. I imagine that, like, that didn't really happen. And then you're like, but, but it kind of did happen. And I think like the response that Mary had to this, kind of like, well, this is amazing, 
but this is also like kind of really weird, but also like what am I gonna do about I'm engaged and I'm not supposed to be pregnant because I'm not married yet. Like you kind of like walk away from that. Like what's like I'm freaking out. And he kind of he kind of goes on. He doesn't kind of just leave it there. He says, "And listen, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, and we talked about Elizabeth last week, has also conceived a son. And this is how now the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment." Then Mary said, "Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according." To what you have said, and the angel left her. So that's kind of the extent of what we get from Mary's response. We don't really like at, at this point. It kind of goes on later, and we look at like how she responds. She goes and visits Elizabeth. But think about like just like the few moments after she walks away from this, because her response is amazing. Because you're given this curveball in life, you know. You're like, I'm going to get married, and then I'm going to have a family, and I've got all these things I'm going to do. And then, oh, you're going to get pregnant, and your son's going to be this amazing person, uh, and it's going to be a great blessing. Okay, bye. And then Mary's like, what? Like, um, not my will, but what you will it. And that's something that's kind of echoed at the end of the gospel when Christ is in Gethsemane and he's like, I don't want to do this, but not as I will, but you will it. And it's one of those things where when we get thrown curveballs in life, we have like a choice to make. We always have a choice to make. You can't really choose whether or not you're going to get like punched in the face, but you can choose how you're going to respond to that. And life is going to punch you in the face sometimes. Like, let's be honest. And in this instance, you see... I think the perfect response because it's the same one that Christ does. 30 years later, he's like, not what I will, but what you will. Not what I want, but what you want. And kind of that surrender where, okay, I know I'm I'm in a tough situation, but I understand that you've put me here for a reason and you're not just going to ditch me here. Like, okay, if I'm going to get pregnant and he's going to be this amazing person and you've got all these prophecies, like, you're going to work something out. Like, I, like she just has faith in that. Like, okay, if you're going to do this, you're going to, if you order, you're going to pay the bill. Kind of like that. And, again, I, I just think I, I, I want to draw that parallel between what we expect majesty to look like and what it looked like when it came to earth if that makes sense kind of like that that the parallel between you know like like the mega church and you just talking to like a friend who needs your help you know what i mean because we look at christianity I looked at Christianity, I, sometimes I still do, like, you've got to have, like, all these amazing things happen all the time, and if they don't, like, you're not doing something right. 
like you need to step it up, you need to be better, you need to stop doing this or that, or you need to you know, learn this thing better, or you need to, like all these things. But the problem with that is it makes it on you and that it's not on God. Instead of being like, okay, well, if I do what you call me to do, you're gonna make it work out. And I kind of just have to follow that, even if that doesn't look like something this like amazing, something that you would want to put on Instagram, something that you would want everyone to know about. If it's just something that is maybe just you changing one life, like sometimes that like that's brought me closer to God than those other like amazing moments, as amazing have they been, and and like great have they been like i i would trade those like kind of like me going to like a hymn conference or like these great grand things where you get built up or those kind of moments where it's just like me and god and i'm trying to like share him with someone who really needs him and i kind of mentioned rome a little bit and i kind of just want to pay this picture of like how massive christ coming to earth is um, I like history. I'm weird like that. And I was kind of just reading up on my Roman emperors. Uh, and I thought, it's so crazy. Around the time that 